Three strangers living in the same building bond over trying to solve a murder, all while creating a podcast about it at the same time. That's today with plenty of spoilers on The Streaming Fool. Hello and welcome to The Streaming Fool, the podcast that the world has been screaming for. Y'all just didn't know it. I'm your host, my name is Steven, and today, to kick off this here new podcast, I thought I'd talk a bit about Only Murders in the Building. More specifically, the very first episode. This is a mystery comedy series created by Steve Martin and John Hoffman, and it stars Steve Martin as Charles Hayden Savage, who is a ex-TV star. He starred in a, an early 90s cop show called Brazos. We also have Martin Short as Oliver Putman, who was a Broadway director who apparently at one point really hit it big and now is uh, is just completely out of money. And then with the two is Selena Gomez. She plays Mabel Mora, who also lives in the building. The building is called the Arconia, and she is there living in her aunt's apartment, uh, renovating it for her. She, of course, is much younger than these other two. It's a Hulu original show. It consisted of 10 episodes. Each episode dropped once a week. The first one landed on August 31st, and the final episode landed on October 19th. And here's what Wikipedia has to say about it. Charles Hayden Savage, a misanthropic former television actor, Oliver Putnam, a struggling Broadway director, and Mabel Mora, an apartment renovator, live in the Arconia. By chance, the three of them meet on an elevator, joined by Tim Kono on the phone. Later, after evacuating the building for an alarm, they bond over their shared love of a certain crime podcast. They learn that there was a murder in the Arconia and sneak back inside where they see Tim dead. The investigators believe it was a suicide, but the three think otherwise. They find more and more evidence to the contrary, such as Tim's frantic phone call on the elevator and a package addressed to him that contained an engagement ring. Meanwhile, Oliver struggles with his relationship with his son, Charles discusses his need for solitude, and Mabel expresses her fear of getting personal with people. They start a podcast titled Only Murders in the Building as they continue to investigate. An old photo is shown of Mabel and the friends she dubbed My Hardy Boys, which unexpectedly includes Tim. So, I have to admit that as of the time that I am recording this, I have watched the first nine episodes. Episode 10 has not come out yet. So I'm going to try my best to talk about this as if I just watched the first episode for the first time, which I did rewatch it today. But knowing what I know based on what's coming up in the show, I'm going to try to keep that out of my mind as I talk about this. So first of all, this is set in New York. And again, these are our three main characters, Charles, Oliver, and Mabel, live to live in this big apartment building called the Arconia. It's a very high-end type of apartment building. Um, a lot of well-to-do people living there. And as the episode opens, we meet each of our three characters. They're all they're outside, they're walking the streets of New York, they're all narrating their own personal stories, which was really fun. And then the three of them converge as they get to the Arconia 
and all separately get onto the very same elevator. Steve Martin's character, Charles Hayden Savage, you can tell is a very antisocial type of person. He gets on the elevator first. Oliver, Martin Short's character, he arrives and picks up a bunch of packages from the front desk. He sees the elevator open with Charles inside. And of course, he starts running toward the elevator. Please hold the door, hold the door. And and the first thing Charles does is hits the button to close the doors. But Oliver arrives in time and is able to get the doors open and he, he gets on the elevator. And then Mabel steps aboard the elevator. She's wearing a pair of Beats headphones, which Oliver tries to use as a, I don't know, a way in to try to start a conversation with her. He's very... He is very outgoing, and he tries to uh, kick off a conversation with both of them, and neither of them seem to want to have anything to do with anybody, much less Oliver. Well, Tim Kono also gets on the elevator. He's holding a trash bag, and he's talking on the phone, and he is very upset. Whoever he's talking to on the phone, it might be the front desk, it sounds as if uh, packages that have been coming to the building for him have been going other places and he's waiting on a very important package and he's very upset that it probably has arrived, but it's been given to somebody else. So each of the three characters, they end up exiting the elevator at their particular floor. They go into their prospective apartment buildings and they all kind of settle in for the night and start listening to this podcast called All Is Not Okay in Oklahoma. It is a true crime podcast, and it's hosted by a character by the name of Cindy Canning, who's played by Tina Fey. She's kind of a like a true crime podcaster. She's a big name in true crime podcasting. And so they're they're all they're all three of them listening to this podcast. And it's it's actually quite amazing because they seem to be listening to the exact it's it's like they all three started it at the exact same time because they get to a certain part she's the the Cindy Canning is narrating in the podcast that she is out on this the meeting this guy and they're out on his land and his dog starts digging for something and then the dog pulls something up out of the ground and he brings it to her and before she can announce what it is on the podcast the fire alarm in the building goes off and so everybody has to evacuate uh, they all end up, again, converging in this restaurant across the street. Um, Charles is sitting in a booth. He is He's really into the podcast. He has a map. He has these little post-its with uh, the various clues that he's gotten throughout the podcast that he has taped, you know, to the, to the map. And he's trying to solve the, the murder before we learn, you know, before the listener learns who the murderer is. The other two, Mabel and, and Oliver, they just listen to it. But he's like, he's super into it. He's He seems to be a very obsessive compulsive almost. That's that's the way he comes across in this first episode. Because at one point, he uh, opens his refrigerator and he puts in like a, a green bell pepper and some other type of vegetable. And there are already two, a, a row of each of these vegetables in his refrigerator lined up perfectly his refrigerator seems to be well very well sorted and impeccably clean and uh it seems to it he seems to have some kind of obsessive compulsive possibly disorder is is what i'm picking up out of this first episode but they all end up uh you know charles is at the booth oliver shows up he can't find a table he sees oliver there I'm I'm saying this backwards. Charles has a booth. Oliver shows up. He can't find a table. He sees Charles sitting there in his booth and he just invites himself over. And as he is talking to Charles, basically 
just pushing his way into this man's life just so he could sit at his table, he notices that he's listening to All Is Not Okay in Oklahoma. And immediately they bond. He's like, oh my God, I can't, I love this podcast. What does that dog have in his mouth? And then they start talking and then that's when Mabel shows up and Oliver sees Mabel. And again, he had tried to bond with her in the elevator uh, but he's an old man and she's a, she's a young lady. She's like in her late twenties. And of course these guys are both in their seventies. Uh, but he sees her and Oliver waves her over and she comes over and she sees that they're also, you know, that they're listening to this podcast and she's, Oh my gosh, I, I totally love this podcast. What is in that dog's mouth? And they both, they both answer somebody's, you know, one of the, one of the, the, the murders, the, the murder victims panties or something like that. And so they all just, bond right then and there over this this podcast and then eventually they head back to the building but now it's there's just police everywhere and they won't let him back in and the doorman tells them that somebody has died inside the building um ooh i kind of left one part out they don't even mention it in this freaking thing when the alarm goes off and everybody is evacuating you know, you have to use the stairs in a fire. You're not allowed to use the elevator. So everybody is going down the stairs except for one guy who's wearing a tie-dyed hoodie and he's heading upstairs and he kind of catches the eye of Charles. Charles finds that a kind of a uh, kind of out of place and he watches him as he goes up the steps. He never sees the guy's face, but that ends up being, you know, something. And so when they head back to the apartment building, Nobody's being let back in. They find out that somebody died and uh, they decide they're going to sneak around back because Charles says, I can get us on the freight elevator. And so they go, they sneak in and they, they aren't told by the doorman who died, only that it was somebody on floor nine. And so they go to floor eight, sneak up to floor nine, and they find that it's Tim Kono. And it looks as if he shot himself in the head. As they're standing there discussing it, because I think it's Mabel that brings up, does he seem like the kind of guy who would have committed suicide based on what we saw from him in the elevator earlier today? And this police officer shows up, a, a detective, and and uh, they start asking her questions. And she realizes, based on the questions that they're asking, that they are all fans of a true crime podcast. And immediately, she's angry. She's just fed up with all these freaking Monday morning quarterback detectives who listen to a few crime shows on uh, freaking podcasts and think that they can solve all these murders. And she tells them this is a suicide. He has gun residue on his hands. He, uh, there were, there's a note on his computer. It's a suicide. Leave it alone. And so they eventually all go back to their, their, their individual apartments and Charles does this thing throughout the episode. He does it twice where he makes an omelet. And as soon as the omelet's done, he just takes the pan and dumps the omelet into the trash. And as he's doing that, he, he's, he's looking down at the trash and something hits him and he jumps on the elevator and he's going down, I guess, to talk to Mabel because the elevator doors open up on her floor and she's standing there and they both realize that they've had the same idea at the same time. Why did he have a bag of trash with him on the elevator? Because there are garbage chutes on every floor. And so then they run into Oliver and it's kind of a funny moment because Oliver's like, oh my gosh, are you guys thinking what I was thinking? And they said, yeah, the, the trash. Why was he carrying a trash bag? And he goes, oh, no, that's, that's not what I was thinking. We never get to learn what he was thinking, but Oliver is a very, they're all very funny characters, but Oliver, uh, 
he's very flamboyant. He's very funny. But anyway, they, they go down and they dig through the trash and they find a bag. They find his bag because his mail is in it. And there's also a couple of notes. It's like he tried to write a suicide note a couple of times trying to get it right. And then that's when they come to the decision. I guess he did kill himself. Well, while they're digging through the trash, that's when Oliver has this idea. We should do a podcast. Most crime podcasts, true crime podcasts are created after the murder is solved. And then they create this podcast going through the entire story. Well, he wants to do one where they're recording and releasing episodes as they're investigating. And he even has Charles say a couple of things on into his phone as he's recording. And it's really funny because Charles, of course, is an actor and Oliver is a director. So he's he's directing him and he never seems to be happy with anything that Charles does acting wise. And it's, it's a very funny um, dynamic there between those two. And so they go again, they go back to their apartments. The next morning, Oliver wrapping a bunch of presents for his grandchildren, leaves and goes to, I guess it's New Jersey, where his son lives. He goes to visit his son, bring these gifts to his grandchildren. His son reminds him that it's Sunday, and on Sundays, the grandchildren are always with mom, which is, he's he, he means his mom, as in Oliver's ex-wife. Oliver goes ahead and invites himself in. They have coffee together, and it's at that point that he asks his son for money. He tells them that he hasn't had a job in years and he's running out of money. And his son, it's its obvious right off the bat that he's done this before. His son tells him he can't do it again. He can't give him any more money. Encourages him to sell his apartment, which Oliver just won't do. It's like this one thing that he's going to hang on to until the bitter end is this apartment because he feels like the apartment defines who he is. And then uh, he ends up leaving. Well, while he's there, Charles and Mabel come upon another realization. And that's the conversation that Tim Kono was having with somebody on the phone in the elevator about his packages being misdelivered. I think it's actually Mabel comes up with this realization. She goes and and finds Charles and tells him about it. And they find out that, uh, I don't know if Tim says it, but it turns out that I guess his packages uh, have been delivered to somebody else in the building, somebody named Bunny. And so they break into her apartment. Uh, They do so because Brazos, well, Charles Hayden Savage, when he was Brazos, one of the things that he, uh, his character was good at was breaking into apartments and whatnot. And so he said during season five or something, the crew bought him as a gift, a lockpick set. And so he breaks into the apartment. As they're doing this, as he's picking the lock, the two of them kind of talk about their their pasts a bit he talks she she asks him you know how long have you lived in the building and he said 28 years and she goes well you haven't lived there alone the entire time have you and he kind of nods and she goes i can't imagine being alone for 28 years and he says i i uh there's nothing wrong with being alone i kind of like being alone and he tells her this story about his father about how he and his father are almost exactly the alike they are both right-handed, but use scissors with their left hand. They can both pick up practically any instrument and play it by ear. Uh, They both went gray in their hair early in life, and then the gray hair turned to white again very early in life. Uh, So he, he had always been told that he was just like his father, but his father was, he said his father was uh, terrible to his mother. He uh, uh, psychologically abused her. He was just mean to her. And he figures if everything else about himself is just like his dad, 
then it's possible that he could have that in him as well. This uh, uncontrollable desire to be mean to the people that are close to him. So he's just decided to be alone. And she tells him that that she she likes solitude as well. She used to, but she said when she was younger, she always seemed to hang out with other people in packs. And she remembers a, a particular pack that she called her Hardy Boys. And he goes, Hardy Boys, that's that's pretty old for you and an old reference. And she goes, we thought we were being old school. And she says, there are four of us and actually only two of them were boys. Uh, and we used to hang out at this apartment complex together and solve mysteries. And he said, uh, so this is, this is, this is all old hat to you, right? And what she says, well, yeah, but they were, we made up the mysteries. This is the first real one that I've been involved in. And, and, uh, then he, he gets into the apartment. They go in, they find the package. They take it up to the roof. They open it up. It is a package for Tim Kono and inside is an engagement ring. And he says, why would somebody who is desperately waiting for a package that has an engagement ring in it, then commit suicide that very day? And then they text Oliver as Oliver's leaving his son's house. He gets a text and it's from Charles. And there's this line that Brazos is famous for. And it's something like this. This is going to take the investigation into a whole new direction. And he basically said, he goes, we found something. It's going to take the investigation into a whole new direction. And Oliver is super happy because you get the sense that Oliver really needs this podcast in his life. And he seemed to be very depressed when the night before they were digging through the trash and they decided based on what they found that there was not a murder. And so he's really excited because they're, they're going to move forward uh, with this investigation and do this podcast and maybe make some money out of it. Right. That's, that's what I'm getting from him is that a, a lot of this is a, he gets to do something. He gets to work, he gets to direct. And that's something that he hasn't done in a long time, but B he might make some money out of it. And as the episode is ending, there's some narration from the the three of them uh, in which they each talk about people and their secrets and uh, how each of them basically have secrets. And Oliver's secret is, of course, that he's broke. You see him on the computer and he's looking through all these electronic um, notices to uh, collect debts. Um Charles has some kind of secret, has something to do with this omelet that he keeps making and throwing away. Uh, and then obviously we find out here at the end that Mabel has a secret as well, because as she is, um, as they're narrating, the, the camera pans around and it shows her computer, which she has open. And she was looking at pictures of, I guess, herself as a kid. And then it switches over to the screensaver, which is a picture of four people, uh, in maybe their their early 20s and it says my hardy boys at the bottom and one of them is tim kono and you're like what what's going on i should also say they don't say this at all in 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 the in this wikipedia thing the ep the episode actually opens with what i'm gonna assume is something that we will see in one of the last episodes it's all these police storming the arconia Charles and Oliver are running down the stairs and they're panicking. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We got to find her. We can't leave without her. They burst into Mabel's apartment and she's on the floor covered in blood. She's kneeling down in front of a, what looks like a dead body and she's covered in blood. And she says, this is not what it looks like. And then it says, and then we get a shot of the street during the daytime and it says two months earlier. So that's how it starts. And so they're very much, making you suspect to a certain extent, any one of these three could be the murderer. 
it almost it's it's like that's what they're trying to hint at i feel like in this first episode but they're kind of pushing you toward mabel a bit because whatever happened there at the beginning you know that's going to happen two months from now where she's found with a dead body and she obviously knew tim kono and she's hiding it from them granted they're still fairly strangers as far as she's concerned so it's it's not weird for her to be to to hide this information from them but you know it's she's she's acting suspicious i should say um beyond that there were some fun little moments in the in the episode because oliver is talking or he's narrating at one point about um a play or a musical that he saw and i can't remember the name of it but it's about uh, there there's a part where a guy is running up the steps and then he falls and he bounces off the floor back up onto the steps and this keeps happening over and over and over like uh, uh, i think oliver um relates it to somebody who is always trying to achieve their goal and they keep falling short but they keep bouncing back and they keep going after it and so as he is standing on the porch of his son's house and he gets the text that they found something this is going to lead the investigation into a whole new direction he there's this moment where he falls off the porch, bounces off the ground and lands back on the porch. And it obviously it didn't happen, but it's, it's the, it's a way for, for them to show in this episode that he's going to keep, he's going to keep falling short and he's going to keep getting back up and he's going to keep going after his goal. But then they show Charles in his apartment and he's making eggs again, but this time it's not an omelet. It looks like a freaking fried egg and he's holding the pan and he drops the pan. The pan falls to the floor, bounces, and then he catches the pan and then he smiles and he puts the egg on a plate and he sits down to eat it. And then Mabel is in her apartment and she's holding that engagement ring of Tim Kono's that they found. She lets it go. It falls to the floor, bounces back up and she catches it on her pinky and she looks at it and smiles. So it's, it's like this realization that they each get to investigate this murder. And it's, it's, it's almost as if they had reached a point in their, in their respective lives where they were just kind of stuck and they were not happy. And now they finally have something in their life that makes life worth living. And they all seem very happy about it at the end. But again, who, who killed Tim Kono, right? And is it one of those three? I guess we'll have to find out, won't we? It It's a really, so far, just based on this first episode, I can tell you that when I sat down to watch this episode the first time, there were maybe five episodes out at that point. And by the end of this, heck, by the first five minutes of this episode, I was hooked. This is a really good, it's a very clever show. The episode itself is very fun. It's very funny. They're about 30 minutes long. And, uh... Again, it's very smart, very funny, clever, witty, and uh, it keeps you guessing. So I guess we'll we'll watch the next episode and we'll see how much further they get. And I'll come back and talk about it. If you've watched at least this first episode or more and you want to share your thoughts with me, you can send me an email at thestreamingfool at gmail.com. Beyond that, if you want to throw a little support my way, go over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Stephen R. Orr. The link will be in the show notes. For as little as a dollar a month, you can join my Patreon. You can get episodes like this before everybody else. And you also have access to my patron-exclusive podcast called My Other Podcast. That releases once a week and in most cases is only available 
to you, well, not to you, but to you if you're a patron. It's available to my patrons. So check it out, patreon.com slash Stephen R. Or link will be in the show notes. Otherwise, just tell everybody about the show. If you're listening to this show through, for example, Apple Podcasts, go over there and rate the show. You don't have to leave a review. You don't have to write anything. Just choose one to five stars, five being the best, and uh, then pat yourself on the back because you've done something special just for me. That's it, folks. That's all I got. My name is Steven, and I am the Streaming Fool. Talk to you later. <laughs> that was dumb.